0: up our study of Galatians. Finally made it! 12 weeks we've been going through Galatians. And so we're going to wrap it up today uh, with chapter 6. If you want to open up your Bibles there now, you can turn to Galatians 6. And if you forgot your Bible today, you don't have a copy of God's Word with you, just shoot your hand up. Good job, Justin. Shoot your hand up and uh, David would be happy to bring you one. Uh, last week we began looking at the final section of Galatians. Remember, it's broken into three sections. Chapters 1 and chapters 2, where uh, Paul was defending his apostleship and defending against those who would say that he didn't have the authority to uh, teach what he was teaching. Chapters uh, 3 and 4 were all about the, the doctrine of justification by faith alone, right? It's faith that saves, nothing else. No law, no uh, no works that we can do. And then we started uh, section 3 last week, and section 3 is all about Christian living, We talked about the dangers of of false doctrine. And we talked about uh, what happens to false teachers. And we uh, contrasted two lists that Paul gave us there the the deeds of the flesh, which are sin, and the fruit of the Spirit, which is what we should be uh, walking uh, towards, right? If we we are leading spirit-fed lives, we should see that fruit, right? We talked about the role of the, the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. He's the one that's enabling us to produce that fruit. So today, we're going to look at or excuse me, Galatians uh, chapter 6. Primarily, we're going to be looking at serving others. That's why the, the, I right, named the sermon Free to Serve. Right? If you remember, in, in chapter 5, verse 1, he says it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Right? So we've been freed to no longer sin, and we've been freed to serve. And so we're going to look at that verses 1 through 10. Well, we'll take a quick glance at Paul's final theological seal on the book of Galatians. Right? He's like any other parent, you're getting those last words in maybe before they're heading out to go do something with their friends. And remember, don't do this, don't do that, buckle your seatbelt, remember. Uh, and then finally, we're going to end Galatians with a benediction, Right? the last verse, verse 18. And uh, that's how we're going to close out our study of Galatians. I'm still praying about what we're going to study next. I'm leaning towards either Nehemiah or 1 Samuel. So we're going to jump into the Old Testament and and dig some truth out of there. So that's going to be lots of fun. Um, So if you're able, would you please stand for the reading of God's word? We're looking at Galatians 6, starting in in, uh, verse 1. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself, so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own work, and then he will have a reason for boasting in regard to himself alone, and not in regard to another. For each one will bear his own load. The one who has taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then, while we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Amen. Let's pray. What we pray as David prayed in Psalm 141, I call on you, O Yahweh, hasten to me. Listen to my voice when I call to you. Let my prayer be set before you as incense, the lifting up of my palms as the evening offering. Set, set a guard, O Yahweh, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing, to practice wicked deeds with men who do iniquity. And do not let me eat of their delicacies. Let a righteous one strike me in kindness, and let him chasten me. his oil for my head. Let not my head refuse. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I've said it before, and I will say it again, because it's profitable for you, and I don't mind repeating it. So uh, verses, the numbers, the little ones, chapter numbers, the big ones, and all the little headings. uh, Mine for chapter 6 says, bear one another's burdens. Those are good, but they're not uh, inspired, right? When Paul wrote Galatians, he didn't write chapter 6, bear one another's burdens. Brethren, if if all of that was added later. Right, the, the chapter divisions were added about the 1200s uh, AD. And then in 1551, uh, Robert Esteen, aka Stephanus, added verse divisions. And he did this while he was en route from uh, between Paris and Lyons, France. And he did it on horseback, as legend goes. Like you know. And so that's why uh, sometimes you'll see maybe a chapter jumps or, or something, and maybe a verse should have been in, in a different chapter. That's the, that's the joke anyway, is uh, he bumped uh, it got the wrong chapter in the wrong verse. The, the, um, today, when we look at, at the end of chapter five, we look at that last verse. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another and envying one another. This is another one, and I don't want—I I forgot to say this in the first sermon, and they, they probably think that I, I'm getting big for my britches. But uh, this isn't just what Lance thinks, right? There, there are a lot of scholars that, that think this as well, and and I kind of agree with them on this, so I wanted to bring it out. It seems like verse 26 in chapter 5 maybe is, is better suited to go with what we're going to study today in chapter 6. And that's why I wanted to bring that out to you. If you go back to chapter 5 and you look at, let uh, see, verse 16. He says, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. And then he goes on to talk about the desires of the flesh, the fruit of the Spirit, how we should be walking in the Spirit. He says in verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. He's, kind of, he's got a little, couple bookends there, kind of makes that, that a nice statement. Then he goes on in verse 26, and this is going to be the bookends for what we first studied today. He says, let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. And what he means by that is if you go back, in, in chapter 5 we talked about it last week, uh, verse 15, but if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Right? We know earlier in uh, Galatians, Paul talked about how they had received gifts when the Holy Spirit came upon them. So maybe some of them could speak in tongues. Uh, maybe some of them were prophesying. And what was happening was, the ones that could speak in tongues were saying, well, I can speak in tongues. Yeah. And the ones that could prophesy were saying, well, that's great, but I can prophesy. <laughs> Try that, tongues bigger. right?" <laughs> and, and so they, they started biting and, and, and comparing themselves each other and they're saying, well, uh, uh, prophecy's better. This one's saying, no, 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 tongues is better. And you're going to be shocked, but the person with tongues thought tongues was better and the person with prophecy thought prophecy was better, right? And so Paul says, says right there in verse 26, let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. And the the other bookend that we're going to look at is is in uh, uh, verse 4. But each one must examine his own work, and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone, and not in regard to another. And you're like Paul, make up your mind: Are we not to be boastful, or are we supposed to boast? Right? You, you just said don't boast, and then in verse four you're going to have a reason to boast. But verse four is, is more of a, a self-examination. Right? We're looking at where we've been, what we've done, how our walk with Christ is getting better. And in that we can say, well, maybe I had a problem. Maybe I, I, I used to. Like really get short with people. I, I had an anger problem. I was pugnacious, right? I love that word, pugnacious. I like to eat things. Yeah. And, and you look back over your life and your walk with Christ and you notice that you have less of a pugnaciousness about you, right? You're, you're, you have more of that fruit of the spirit. You're patient, right? You're kind, you're loving. And you look back on that and you say, I am getting better. And then, and then immediately after you say that, you say, thank you, Jesus, because he's the one that gave that to you. And Paul says in uh, verse 14 of chapter 6, but may it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's where our boasting is. God, thank you that I'm not the grumpy Gus that I was a year ago, five years ago. Thank you that I, I, this sin is, is getting weaker and weaker in my life. Right? That's that's the boasting. So there's our, our bookmarks. right? They're biting and boasting and and over here, and then he's saying, no, the real reason that you want to boast is you want to boast in Christ. So what's in between those? Let's look at those. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass. Brethren, right? Paul likes to say that. Brothers. Brothers of Christ, right? And he says, even. And that word there is the in the Greek uh, is, it can be translated as and or also. So you might even be able to read that as brother. Also, if anyone is caught in in any trespass, and, and the Greek word there for caught is pro uh, non, let Let's see, i got that in here. let uh, And the the way that's translated is they're caught by surprise, right? And, and they're they're overtaken. And you might say, well, Lance, uh, can can people, can Christians be surprised in their sin? And I would say yes. I would say yes, they can. Because how many times have you heard somebody say, I never thought I would be here. I just, just, I'm here. And and I'm in this sin. And this is where I am. I'm caught. I'm surprised. And he says, anyone that is caught in any trespass. So which ones are we not supposed to help them out of? I don't know. Any trespass. You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. You who are spiritual, what does that mean? What does that mean? You who are spiritual. If you go uh, back to, to Galatians three, and we look at verse two, it says, "This the only thing I want to find. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law, or by hearing with faith?" Right? They have the Holy Spirit. They, they, we're talking about believers here, believers that are filled with the Holy Spirit. We go back to um, uh, chapter Five. We can say these are Christians that are displaying the fruits of the Spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are spirit-filled people, right? And in verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, we also walk by the Spirit. And these are Christians that are showing fruits, that are that are living in the Spirit. These are the ones. <laughs> That he says, you are spiritual. Restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. <clears throat> restore there is Tizo And it literally means to put in order or to restore to its former condition. In, in Matthew 4.21 and Mark 1.19, that same word, that uh, catar- catarzo, uh, is used to uh, talk about mending nets. They they would catch the fish, and the nets would rip, and they'd have to (coughs) mend those nets. So we're supposed to restore or or mend or fix those among us that are caught in a trespass. And how are we supposed to do that? In gentleness, gentleness, right? Always remedial, not punitive, right? When uh, your, your kid was a little one, and you didn't want him to run out in the street, you would punish them if they, they did what you told them not to do and run into the street, right? But you didn't punish them because you were angry at them or you shouldn't punish them because you're angry at them. You punished them because you wanted them to learn not to run into the street, right? And that's what this, this needs to be. It's, it's a spirit of gentleness, and, and, and we're looking at um, ourselves as well. We're looking at ourselves because in 1 Corinthians 10:12 it says, let anyone who thinks that he stands... Take heed lest you he fall. Right? Anyone, anyone that would look at, at another believer and say, "Oh man, how could you fall in that sin?" You never do that. You don't know sin if you're saying that, right? We look at, uh, go to Genesis and you look at Cain and Abel. And, and Abel brought a, a blood sacrifice. That's what God required. He wanted a blood sacrifice. Cain brought the offering from the land, right? Grains and fruit. It was not accepted. And Cain was ticked. Because Abel was accepted by God, but his wasn't. And God went to him and he said, why are you you downcast? What's wrong? Don't you know? If you do what's right, you'll be accepted. And he said, but if you don't, sin is crouching at your door, and it wants you. Sin is crouching at the door. And we have to beware. Look into yourself so that you're not tempted to... He says, bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. The word there, baros, is Greek. Uh, it, it literally means like a donkey that's over overladen, over laden, right? You, you, they put so much junk on him. Like we're going up camping um, this, this weekend with the youth, right? And I put so much junk in my trailer that my truck can't even take off, right? That's, that's what that word is. It's an over overladen. And it literally means a heavy weight and stone. And, and to remove it, it doesn't mean just to take it off and chunk it to the side. It means to actually carry that weight long distances along with maybe you're spreading that load out. Right? That's what we're supposed to do for other other believers. Thereby fulfilling the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? We studied it last week. Galatians five, chapter or verse fourteen. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Sounds good, right? Good in theory. And what does that look like? Right? We, we can see what Paul is saying here, but what does that look like to us? What happens when maybe you see another brother and sister in Christ, a member of this church, right? And you and you see them sinning. Maybe they're somewhere where they shouldn't be, or they're with someone that they shouldn't be, or maybe they're talking about something they did last weekend that they shouldn't do as Christians, right? No matter what it is, there's one thing for sure: it is a sin, right? It's not well, your tie didn't match your shirt, or you know, I don't think you should wear open-toed shoes to church, you know, something. Something. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about sin, right? And we just studied a, a not a comprehensive list, but a little list of, of the deeds of the flesh, right? They're in sin. What do you do? Do we employ the the only Christian-approved method of gossiping, the prayer request? Brothers and sisters, we need to pray for Pastor Lance. You know what I saw him do the other day. Right? Is that what we do? Should we uh, come straight to the pastor? Because the pastor is the only one that can deal with this. Right? Just the pastor. That may be the case in some circumstances. But that shouldn't be your go-to answer. Right? We're all Christians. I'm no better a Christian than you. Not at all. I'm a dying man preaching to dying people. Right? Should you punt it? Just ignore this thing. Just ignore it. Maybe ignore the person. I don't know if any of you saw it, but there was an incident that happened on the the subway in New York, I think it was the last week of the week before. And there was a a guy on there acting very crazy, screaming and yelling, punching things. And he sits down next to a group of ladies on the subway, and they get up, you know, because they're like, this guy's nuts. And the last lady that was sitting next to him, he reaches up and he grabs her hair and pulls her back down. And he holds her by her hair. And it's a long time. I mean, it wasn't like a boom and then she leaves. He was holding her. She couldn't get away. And the person holding the cell phone, which is what we do nowadays, right? That's what we do. We take things. We don't help. The person holding the cell phone is is showing, and you could see there are plenty of grown men in that car. Plenty of people that could help that person. And the look of terror on her face, and she's like, Right, she's mouthing that to people. Nobody does anything. Nobody does anything. And he stands up and he yanks her up by her hair and he says, Come on! And he starts taking her like he's gonna take her to the next car. Still, nobody does anything. Finally he let go of her hair and she was able to escape. Thank God. Right? Because nobody on there was gonna do anything. Right? Is that what we should do about sin? We should just uh, play candy crush, I don't have time. <laughs> right? Is that what we do for sin? If you want to know what to do, the first question you should ask yourself is, am I a Christian? Am I a Christian? And the next question you should ask yourself is, is he or she a Christian? If the answer to both of those questions is yes, then you have to go to Galatians 3:26. Galatians 3:26 says this, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. So for all sons that implies that they are our brother. And then we go back to Galatians 6. And how does Paul start? Brethren. Brothers. If anyone is caught. That means we need to do something. Right? And what do we do? What do we do? Uh, the Bible is really cool because it doesn't tell us to do things and then not tell us how to do it. Right? So go to Matthew 18. Matthew 18. I like to watch other pastors sometimes and, they, and sometimes they're older sermons and you can always hear them say go to Matthew 18. turning <laughs> in their pages. Well before the time of the cell phone where people can just scroll, right? Matthew 18, verse 15. Here's how Jesus says we're supposed to do it. Right? Now what Pastor Lance says, it doesn't matter what I say, it matters what Jesus says. And he says, If your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you have won your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you, so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax court. Church discipline is not... Not, this is one of those sermons where you're like, yeah, this is going to be great, greatest fun, right? But it's necessary. And there are steps, right? I took a, a class last semester, and the, they actually had a couple of sections of, uh, where the professors in two different classes were talking about church discipline. And they, they had specific cases, cases in churches they'd been in that they went through, and they talked about all the things that had to happen. And I'm listening to this, and I'm like, oh. Miserable. That sounds horrible. I don't want to do that. <clears throat> what happens when you don't do it though? What happens when you don't go to your brother or sister who's in sin? When you don't go to them and interrupt that pattern, not not to not to mock them, not because you're better than them. We're all on the same playing field. We've all sinned. Everyone has sinned. Every one of us. What happens if we don't go to that person? I uh, spent some time reading a report that came out a week or two ago. And if you don't know, we're a part of the Southern Baptist Convention, right? This church is. And the way they work is it's kind of an umbrella, right? The churches are independent, so they run themselves. And. Um, We don't have the SBC coming in here saying, this is how you preach. This is what I want you to preach on. None of that. Uh, They're just kind of an umbrella. Uh, We send them money for missions. Um, They have a very large, they're one of the largest uh, missions groups in the United States. But there was a report that came out that they requested on uh, sexual abuse and um, things that happened in the church. And I, it's 288 pages. You can find it online if you really want to read it. Um, but in that report, they found 703 pastors in the SBC accused of sexual abuse on this topic. Nine were still in ministry. As I scrolled to the end, it kind of had a little blurb in it. For each of the, the cases that they'd been studying, they kind of said what the church did, or what happened, what the church did, and kind of the final resolution. And it was so disheartening to see that several of them, um, their their way of dealing with it was the church just dropped out of the SBC. The uh, the problem, the reason, the whole reason the report came out was because there was there was accusations that the the SBC leadership was covering this stuff up. And their response was, well, you know, these churches are independent. We we can't tell them what to do. We don't want to get involved, right? I on time. And as a result of that, 703 pastors were found in the SBC that are accused of sexual abuse or misconduct. Nine were still in the ministry. Several churches dropped out of the SBC running the visual problem. Church discipline. We, we have our own lives, right? We're all doing our own things. We all have our own struggles that we're dealing with, and we don't have time to deal with somebody else's struggles, right? What happens when we don't? Because that's what the Bible tells us to do. The Bible says to do. I'm going to bury my head in the sand, right? It'd be easier. But if I see someone sitting and I don't go to them, someday I'm going to stand in front of Christ, and he's going to say, what did you do in my name? What did you do with those five talents I gave you? What did you do with those three talents I gave you? God forbid I'm the one that, that got the one talent, right? I don't want to be that We have, we have, we have to approach this. And how do we approach it? Uh, Jesus gives us another uh, picture. If you, you right there in Matthew 18, just go up a couple verses. Verse 12. He says, what do you think? If any man is a hundred sheep, and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountain and go search for the one that is straying? If it turns out that he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it. More than over the 99, which have not gone astray. So it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones will perish. We leave the 99. Ah, he didn't leave them to the wolves, right? There were other shepherds that's watching them, and, and he seeks out and he finds that one. And, and that's what we need to emulate. Right, You you guys sit out in the, in the, I almost said pews, in the chairs, right? And you see things that I don't see, and I see things that you don't see. If you've seen someone that had been coming but has stopped coming, have we reached out to them? Have we, have we, have we found out, yes, I'm going to another church, or no, I just, like, this is what's going on in my life. Because what's the number one thing that happens when you start saying, do you really want to go to church? And here's hear some bald dude up here telling me you you're wrong? to reach out to them. We need to restore them in gentleness. We need to go find that one shame. James uh, 5. I'm going to turn it I want to read this one too. This is important. James 5. 5. Uh, we're looking at verse 19 and 20. James 5. Verse 19 and 20. My brethren, if any among you strays from the truth and one turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and will cover it over a multitude of sins. That's what we need to need. We need to be a church that heals, a church that restores, a church that watches out for each other. Fulfilling the law of Christ. Galatians 5, 14 love your neighbors or so. Paul continues. He says, for if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own word. And then he will have a reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another. Right? There's no holy huddles. We don't get together and say, those, those people come to our church, but we don't really talk to them. they are sinners. This is true self-examination. Right, we talked about this in verse 4. Each one must examine his own work, And then he will have a reason for boasting. Boasting how? Boasting in Christ. What Christ has done for us. Not what you're doing for Christ. He says in verse 5, For each one will bear his own load. Now here we are again. Here's Paul again, changing things on us. Right up here he said, Bear one another's burdens. Now in verse 5 he says, For each one will bear his own load. The Greek here is is, uh, fortune, fortune. And it's used in Acts 27.10 to indicate the contents of a ship's cargo hold, right? Or it could be called uh, a knapsack or a backpack. Each one has his own load that he will carry. It's your rucksack that you carry throughout life. Hopefully it has your Bible in there, and it has some fruit, right? Some fruit of the spirit in there. Our armor is in there. We should share each other's burdens, but we will all stand before the Lord one day, and we will be held responsible for what we did, not anyone else. Our society loves to to come up with reasons that it's not your fault. It's not your fault that you did this. It's it's your your parents. Your parents were mean to you. They didn't let you play enough video games. They didn't let you have a phone until you were 16. It's their fault. When you get up in front of Christ, he's not going to say, well, you know, you were pretty rotten, but you didn't get a phone until you were 16, so <laughs> it's okay. To be sure, there are parents out there, and there are people out there that are wicked and are evil and hurt people. But this verse right here very plainly tells us that doesn't matter. What matters is what we do, how we bear our own burden. Verse 5, it switches, right? It switches to uh, the future tense. It's indicating that, that we will each have a turn in front of that judgment seat. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Paul continues here. And he says, The one who has taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. This is awkward. Just got in, and I'm already asking for a pay raise, right? Is that what he's saying there? Somewhat. Not. I'm. This church is t- well taken care of. Me. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, the one who has taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches them. Right? it, right? Uh, it's not just monetary. It's it's encouragement. It's prayer. I covet your prayers. I want throughout the week, I'll tell you, there are times where I'll sit down in my study, and I'll open up my Bible app, and I'll, I'll get my Bible out, and I'll get my, my Word document out so I can start typing, and something interrupts me. And then I get it out, and I start saying something interrupts me. And then I get it out, and I say something interrupts me. And I said the to laugh the other day, because it happened like ten times in a row. Boom, 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 boom. And I, like three hours later, I look up, and it's like, oh, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Every bit as much as you need my prayers, right? We need each other to be praying for each other. You share what is good, all good things, right? And it's not just your pastor, right? There are people here that teach. There's the Sunday school over there. There's the the seniors ministry. There's the youth group, Brandon and Angela, right? David uh, handles the, the greeters. Everybody, share what is good, all good things with one you're teaching. Verse 7, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Whatever a man sows, he needs. A few years back, I told you I do a youth group, and, and I, I do the uh, middle school uh, kids, kids, uh, Junior hires, and I'll never forget. I had a little sixth grade boy. His mm-hmm. family doesn't come here anymore. They he came in and, and he was talking about how he'd been looking on the computer and found pornography. Not found it like his parents were looking at it. He, just, you know, typed the wrong thing into Google, and whoop, there it is, right. And he'd been intrigued, and he'd looked at it, and his parents had found out about it. And then they put blockers on the computer, and they monitored him and let him alone with the computer. And they did the right thing, right? They were, they were counseling him with scripture and prayer. And I'll never forget, that little sixth grader was more honest than any grown man I've ever talked to about it. And I'll never forget, he said, you know, there are some days Just want to look again. Just one more look. That's sin, folks. That's sin. It may not be pornography for you. It may be pride. It may be anger. It may be uh, any, any sort of other thing, right? But it's a seed. Then you sow that little seed and then you feed it. And you feed it. And you feed it. And you inch closer and closer and closer and closer. Don't get me wrong. That little sin that you sow right there, that sin has never been as bad as the sin at the end, right? But think about the damage that sin does throughout your life. Think of that damage that it does as it grows. If we, as a church, can get into somebody's life while, while before the damage is felt from the sin, if we can interrupt that sin, if we can stop that sin and restore that brother or sister to Christ, loving our neighbor. That's what Paul is talking about there. And then the, the, the way to uh, defeat sowing to the flesh is to, to sow to the spirit. right? So if you find yourself attracted to sin, move yourself to, to the word. Are you praying? Are you reading your Bible? A good way to do it is easy. get accountability. Find somebody else to pray with you. Find somebody else to read your Bible with. Someone that I I know when I get out of bed in the morning and I need to, right, ever since I moved into that office, all I do is sit in front of that computer and eat. (sighs) But if I have somebody that I know is going to meet me somewhere and we're going to go work out, right, I get out of bed. I'm not going to leave them there. They they were nice enough to get out of bed. I'll get out of bed. Same thing with prayer. Same thing with Bible study. You're going to feel more convicted to read your Bible. If you know somebody's going to say, Hey, what did you think about verse 6? And you're like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Sow to the Spirit instead of the flesh. And in your spirit, you'll reap eternal life. Verse 9, it's the hinge of, of chapter 6. He says, Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then, While we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are in the household of faith. We are are to never lose heart in doing good. And I said it before, and I'll say it again, it's hard to do good. It's hard to come alongside people. It's hard to pick up your brother and sister. The the picture is you're carrying their load, right? That gets tough. Paul says, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. For we will reap if we do not grow weary. Eternal, eternal reaping, right? John Calvin wrote um, on why he thought, uh, Paul put this in there, he said, the precept is especially necessary because we are naturally lazy in the duties of love. And many little stumbling blocks hinder and put off even the well-disposed. We meet with many unworthy, many ungrateful people. The vast number of the needy overwhelms us. We are drained by paying out on every side. Our warmth is dampened by the coldness of others. Finally, the the whole world is full of hindrances which turn us aside from the right path. Therefore, Paul does well to confirm our efforts so that we do not faint through weariness. If you put yourself out there, if you put yourself out to help your brothers and sisters, you will be but what happened? But Paul says, don't faint, don't grow weary. And he says, right at the end of the, the, the verse there, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Right? We are to to watch out for our brothers and sisters. Right? If you think about it, I had two little sisters. I used to, I was, I was a little snot to those little sisters. Right? I was mean to them. I don't even want to tell you. I'm embarrassed how mean I was to them. But God helped the person that put a hand on. Because Big Brother would have come out of the woodworks, right? Nobody messes with my sisters. That's how we're supposed to be in Christ—not mean to each other. I'm not giving you authorization to do that. I saw a few people that are like, oh. <laughs> "No." The second part: if somebody messes with the brother, we're there. If sin comes after our brother, we come out of the woodwork swinging, right? We're there for each other, especially our brothers and sisters. We uh, at the end we're, we're going to do communion and then I always forget so I put it in my so I wouldn't forget. <laughs> uh, we do a, a benevolence offering. David has two baskets and you throw your cups in one and the other one is a benevolence offering. Uh, the deacons manage it, right? And if somebody comes to the church and they uh, one of, one of our members has an issue has a need, right? The they, the bills aren't getting paid or or something some something is happening they need a little bit of assistance. That's what the benevolence we are to take care of our brothers and sisters we are to raise them up Paul's going to continue now and uh, he's going to say in verse 11 look at see what large letters i'm writing to you with my own hand right remember Paul had an eye thing right because he said if it was up to you you would have it was possible you would rip your own eyes out and give them to me right so we know he had an eye thing so he probably wrote fairly large so he could see what he was writing and the commentators are about 50-50 on whether Paul wrote all of Galatians or he dictated uh, Galatians and then wrote this last little part so they can see there's Paul's writing, or whether whether Paul just dictated the last little bit. there. Either way, or, or wrote the last little bit, dictated the first part, wrote the last little bit, or whether he wrote the whole thing. But either way, he wrote with large letters, right? So they could see that's Paul's handwriting, right? Big long letters. They had parchment back then, right? They they didn't have Best Buy or Target where you buy volumes of paper. So you didn't want to write very big because you'd burn through it really fast and it was really expensive. But Paul did that for them. He says, see what large letters I'm writing to you with my own hand. And now he's going to get those last little, last little things in there to, to strengthen them. He says, those who desire to make a good showing in the flesh try to compel you to be circumcised simply so that they will not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. We have people like that today, right? People that that don't want to be persecuted for being a Christian, right? So mm-hmm. they say, "Oh, it's great that we're Christians, but do you have to carry your Bible everywhere we go? People are going to think we're Bible thumpers. They're going to think we're weird. They're weird too. I worry. Mm-hmm. right? <laughs> it's just weird in a different way." He says, "He says for those who are circumcised, do not even keep the law themselves, but they desire to have you circumcised." so that they may boast in your flesh. You're a trophy. You're a trophy to them. They don't care about your, your eternal well-being. They care about boasting. Look, I stole this guy from this guy. I stole this guy from this church. Look at me. I'm boasting. But may it never be that I would boast. Right? Paul's saying, I'm not going to boast about you. I'm going to boast about what Christ did in you. That's what we should be boasting about. Through which the world has been crucified to me, eye to the world. For neither is circumcision anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. Right? We're a new creation when we're justified. Right? We're created anew, And it doesn't matter circumcision uncircumcision. Not even a not even part of it anymore. And those who will walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. For now, from now on, let no one cause trouble for me. I like that. You can tell it's a from now on, let no one cause trouble for me. He wasn't a parent in real life. just parents you know. parenting through this Galatians. For I bear my body, on my body, the brand marks of Jesus. I right? believe Paul was beaten. He was whipped. He was tortured. He had the marks on his body to show his dedication to Christ. And he says, these people are coming to you all polished and, and, and beautiful, and, and they're saying, oh, we suffer for Christ. No. Let me take off my shirt and I'll show you. I have the wit marks for Jesus on my back, and then he ends in verse 18. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, be with your spirit, brethren. Amen. If you go back to Galatians 1, and we look at verse 3. He ends it the way he finished. He starts it: grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. There's your bookmark. We have bookmarks for our, our book study. Now we have bookmarks for the whole chapter for the whole book. Grace and the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is Galatians. Mm-hmm. And that needs to be for our churches. Grace and peace. So that we will grow and we will impact our community. In the second year, we're going to pray. And, and we're going to. Sing a song. While we're singing, you can go back. Um, as soon as they start singing, you can just head back and you grab your communion cup and the bread and the wine. they it together. And as you're singing and you get your cup and you go back to your seat, now is the time to examine yourself. Right? The word "examine" there in um, verse four. It's in the Greek. It's it's a metal, metallurgy um, word. Right? And it means to test or so to remove. It dross. It's where you see something that's superheated and the metal turns to liquid and they scrape off the top the top stuff that isn't really gold or isn't really silver. They scrape that off and examine yourself. How, have, how has my relationship been with Christ over the last month since the last time we did this? So that you may boast in Christ and what Christ has done to you. Lord, we thank you for your book. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Paul in Galatians and and, and the grace that he displayed throughout that whole book, Lord. And we pray that our church would be like the church that Paul was envisioning, where we would restore one another with gentleness, where we would not look down on each other. Lord, I love how uh, when, the, when the people brought the, the woman who was caught in adultery to you, you said, let he who be without sin cast the first stone. And the, the Bible tells us that they dropped their stones and, and they walked out, starting with the old men and working their way down to the young men. Because the older we are, the more that we know we've sinned. The closer we get to your work, the more that we realize just how valuable your grace is for our lives we pray now as we come to your table that you would be with us, Lord. That we would honor you with our thoughts and, and our examinations, Lord. And that as we take this bread and this cup, Lord, we would remember you and the sacrifice that you made. That we would remember your grace. Jesus.